Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Uwe Dockhorn. Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sound good? Okay, here we go. Today I'm very excited to introduce you to Rita McGrath. How are you doing, Rita? And where are you hanging out right now? <laughs> oh, I'm doing really well at the moment. I'm near Princeton, New Jersey. Wonderful. It's a pleasure having you on the show. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. Now officially. <laughs> Rita McGrath is a best-selling author, a thought-after advisor and speaker, and a longtime professor at Columbia Business School. Rita is one of the world's top experts on strategy and innovation and is consistently ranked among the top 10 management thinkers in the world, including the number one award for strategy by Thinkers 50. And you can find more information about her in our show notes. And I think your mission to do a better job seeing around corners, I think it's just remarkable. Again, very thankful I can talk to you today, Rita. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. All righty, so let's dive right in. So who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face? An ideal client for me is a company typically pretty large um, that has had success that's you know well run but that knows they need something extra to take things to the next level and typically they operate very successfully many of them are in uh, consumer packaged goods or relatively you know slow moving well relatively slow moving industries um and they're looking to really take their business to a next level um a second concern that they often have is mm -hmm. as competitive advantages get shorter Uh, what they realize they need to teach their leaders is more about the front part, the innovation part, but also about the end of competitive advantage when something's gone away and now you need to move the center of gravity of the company, mm -hmm. a new way of being. Mm. Do, do you have an example so that um, we can put our hands on that a little bit more? What, what would that look like? Example so what is kind of like? Yeah, so that would be great. Thank well, you. A great example would be uh, the subsidiary, the GAF, of a company, the parent company is called Standard Industries. So they're in the roofing business. And, um, you know, it's a business that hasn't changed very much in decades. The core product is still roofing shingles in most of the world. Um, but they're very interested in becoming known as a more innovative, disruptive player. Uh, the owners of the parent company, for example, um, really try to open people's minds and think about new situations which they could be involved with. And if you think about it, roofing, right, is right at the center of a lot of ESG concerns. I mean, roofs mm -hmm. absorb heat, they deflect heat, they could become solar empowered. There's a lot of potential innovation in that space. Mm -hmm. And this company is partnering with us to see how they could structure a repeatable, reliable innovation process. And see around the corner, so to speak. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So the last time I checked we're all humans. So what are common mistakes your clients typically make when trying to solve these kinds of challenges? Well, the biggest mistake is trying to treat something that's got a lot of uncertainty to it the same way they would treat their core business. So mm. someone comes along and says, hey, I've got this idea. I'll go back to my client uh, GAF or Standard Industries. I've got this idea for a solar panel that's so small and so sturdy that you could apply it 
to a roof the same way that you'd apply an ordinary shingle, right? Let's say that was an idea. Um, well, you know, I'm not saying they do this, but other companies would say something like, well, can you give me the return on investment on that? Or what's your three-year plan? Or when would you launch it? And you know, we don't even know what the tech works yet, right? Um, and so they try to assume a lot more certainty than there is. I would say that's the number one problem that I see a lot. Oh, thank you for clarifying that. Um, so before I ask Rita, what is one valuable free action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something here to our audience. If you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So Rita, what is one valuable free innovative action maybe <laughs> that our audience can implement that will help with these kinds of issues? Uh, well, the first thing is at a senior leadership level is get mm -hmm. innovation on your agenda. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, I'll go as to a lot of companies. Right. It's as simple as that. You know, if you if you, I, I will often before visiting with a firm, I'll say, well, you know, send me the management meeting agendas if you have them of the last time important people got together to talk about important stuff. And very often, what you'll do when you go through it is you'll find, yeah, they say innovation is important. Of course, it's innovation or die. They may have funded an accelerator. They may have funded an incubator. They might have some guy with you know innovation in the title. But when you look at what senior level management is actually paying attention to, it's nowhere. And mm -hmm. you don't have to be a genius to figure out if senior management isn't making the time for it, then no one else is going to either. That's a simple thing you can do tomorrow. So whatever's important to you, is it item number one, number two, or number three on your agenda? Do you talk about it relentlessly? Do you show people demonstrably mm -hmm. that you're paying attention? Wonderful, wonderful. This gives uh, gives us the pathway to, <laughs> well, hopefully be more innovative uh, in our business. So um, I want to give you also the platform to share where people can find you, but also what is one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that will help with that, but also in a broader sense? Oh, sure. Well, so I've got mountains of free resources. Um, a place to start would be my website, which is readamagrath.com. And if you click on the tab that says Thought Sparks, uh, you'll find an archive of written material that I've put together going all the way back to 2005. So there's a wealth wow. of articles. They're searchable by keywords. Um, they're completely free. You can look at them, download them if you wish, uh, whatever. So that's a place to start. Also mm -hmm. at my sister company, Belize, if you go to Belize.com and click on the resources tab, you'll be taken to our free resources. So we have a, a downloadable, what we call a bare bones net present value calculator. This is this is one of the responses to, well, what's the ROI on this? What we ask mm -hmm. you to do is say, tell us how long it's going to take to launch and how much it's going to cost. Tell us how long you think you'll have an advantage in the market. And then tell mm -hmm. us when you competition will catch up and you can kind of calculate what the profit area under that graph looks like and that's all free and you can just download it right from the Valise website. Well looking around the corners I can just repeat myself all the time so it's amazing <laughs> wonderful so what's the one question I should have asked you that would be of great value to our audience? Oh, um, I think what do we see coming next would be an interesting one to speculate about. What is around the corner, right? <laughs> what, right. Well, what I'm seeing is a really big shift in how we organize. Um, and this is actually the subject of my next book, uh, which mm -hmm. is around the theme of permissionless organizations. So mm -hmm. if you think about fast moving competitive advantages, if you if you're taking the time to have your decisions go up and down some kind of laborious hierarchy and people don't take action until they feel they can get permission and 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 you're just going to be too slow i mean imagine imagine if you're competing against a company like tesla um mm -hmm. i mean 
This is astonishing. In 20 years, and that's a nanosecond in manufacturing time life cycle, this little company that started from nothing is able to rival BMW in the United States in the luxury car sales segment. I mean, mm. it's astonishing. So imagine if you're if you're running at the clock speed of an industrial company and you're competing with a company running at the clock speed of a digital company, you're going to be in very bad shape. So I think we're mm. turning our attention now to what the organizational principles of these permissionless organizations are. Right. I, I always say, well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, so I think we're always kind of like, you know, since the invention of uh, the Internet, you know, we're kind of like on that exponential curve. And we are now just getting into kind of like getting into the steepness of this curve. And therefore, the uh, everything is faster. Do you feel the same? I do. Yeah, I do. Mm. And I think the most recent example of this is the rapidity with which chat gpt was adopted i think i think it got to 100 million users in a matter of days wow. I mean, yeah. a matter of hours you know and it's i mean if you look at previous technologies it took telephones you know decades before they became widely adopted so the adoption curves are getting very very short and the ability of ordinary people to learn about the impact of these things has vastly increased as well so if you go back to netscape right mm -hmm. Before Netscape, nobody knew what the internet was. It was this thing that geeky people in chat rooms did. After Netscape, it became something that was a general purpose technology. And I think the chat bots and artificial intelligence more broadly is going to usher in that whole new way of working. Wow. I, I could talk for hours and hours. So we're already getting to my final question. And, you know, we just talked a lot about, you know, looking around the corners. Now we're going to look inside a little bit. So. This is a personal question. It's the final one. When was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? Oh, with my family and why? Well, there are a number of them, but it began with the news that our son and his wife are expecting a baby. Mm, and congratulations. So just, just last night, my husband and I sat down for grandparenting classes. And I have to tell you, I've never thought of myself as a grandmother, but apparently that's happened. And uh, as I was listening to the, the instructors talk about what what it would be like to bring this new life in the world, I absolutely got goosebumps. It was it was humbling to think about. Wonderful. I'm I'm glad that, you know, with all the uh, looking around the corners and the innovation, you know, there's always kind of like something that's really on the ground. So I really oh, yeah. appreciate <laughs> Oh, yes. And it turns out there's a lot that's changed since I was a yeah. mother. <laughs> <About babies. laughs> there are still some things, right? <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Rita, for this um, wonderful Goosebumps moment. And also thank you for our conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you. And I appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you share with us today. Thank you. A pleasure to chat to you. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening, and as always, energizing results to you and you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.